Uh, hello, welcome to the Holistic Health Detective. So today I'm going to do a podcast about the uh, origin or how I got started with the Holistic Medical Center because I think it's a very funny story. And uh, in previous podcasts, I've talked about what inspired me, like my interest or my passion, if you like, of why I wanted to create this integrative medical center um, as opposed to um, a multidisciplinary clinic where, you know, you really integrated the best of nutrition and with the best of general practice family medicine. So this story is a little different. It's about how uh, the clinic actually got the doors open, which was which was a bit of a journey. So it started with uh, the fact that I decided, actually, I, it was a decision that I'm going to absolutely bring this clinic into existence no matter what. And I sold my house to do that. And I had the money sitting there and uh, started working on business plans. And I got contacted by a GP who had a clinic and he was closing it down. So he called me to see if I wanted to buy any equipment uh, from his clinic that he was shutting down. And he had... Um, he was basically a GP who was also a homeopath and he did a lot of palliative work. So I said, no, I would really like to buy your Section 88s. So a Section 88, uh, we don't have those anymore, but back in the day, there was these contracts that, that you would have or a GP would have with the District Health Board or the local District Health Board, which is Auckland. So Auckland District Health Board, and that would allow you to have one contract, would allow you to have one full-time equivalent GP in a location. You couldn't just set up anywhere. It had to be assigned to a suburb. Um, and so he had two. He had two of these, and they were assigned to the suburb of, of Mount Albert. You couldn't move them unless you got permission, like into another practice or another clinic, unless you got permission from the district health board. Uh, and it could only be within a three-kilometer radius. We don't have anything like those restrictions these days, but we had those then. So I said, I'd like to buy a Section 88s, and he said, uh, no, no. I mean, I, I couldn't really sell the business. I couldn't find someone to take it over. So most of the most of the patients have picked up their, their files, paper files back in those days, and uh, so no, that's, you know. So I said, okay, that's fine, and I gave him a few days, and I called back and asked again. I said, look, I've got the money. And he said, no, 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 no. It was just before Christmas. And so then a few days later, he called me back and he said, oh, okay, let's do it. So I said, fine, fine, let's do it. So I paid him and uh, it was the 22nd of December, I remember very well. And I didn't have a clinic to move into. He had already leased his building out. Uh, so I collected all of the remaining um, equipment that he had, a very, very old computer, the old the old, very old sort of telex paper on the printer, and uh, I put it in storage. My family helped me move it all, and uh, a few days before Christmas, I put it into storage, and then the uh, game was on to find a location. So the thing with these Section 88s is they have to be active, uh, and if they're not active for six months, they lapse, and then they're worth nothing. They basically expire. So I had to get up and running and see patients within six months or my money would be gone. So, so the game was on. Not not many uh, places available through the Christmas period. So, but I was literally. I went to every real estate agent. I went to open homes. I was looking at rental properties. Look, looking at lease properties. I was offering domestic um, domestic landlords commercial leases to use the space. I knocking on doors and uh, and I just kept going. And I and I didn't find anything. And it was getting closer and closer. And I finally found this one property in a suburb called Point Chevalier on Point Chevalier Road. 
and it was an elderly woman, Bulma, that was selling. And uh, I said, I'm really, really keen. I want to buy it. And it was really original, <laughs> needed a lot of work, but it was a nice bungalow. So uh, I said, I want to buy it. She said, well, you're a backup offer, actually. I've already got um, a, like a teen mental health clinic that I've made an offer and I'm pretty sure it's going to going to go through. So you'd be the backup offer. So I said, fine, I'll put in a backup offer. Um, she said, oh, yeah, but I'm not going to sign it. I'll just, you know, wait and see what happens with these guys. So I said, fine, fine. So pretty disappointed. Wasn't fine, fine inside, but yeah. And uh, a few weeks later, I pulled up literally right outside this building because I was looking at a building across the road. And there was Wilma hammering up her for sale sign again. So I was pretty excited. <laughs> Never moved so fast. And I said, oh, you can take the sign down because um, I'm going to buy this place. She said, uh, okay, that's fine. I'm not taking the sign down, but that's fine. So I went to my bank with my business plan and uh, they said no. So I said, okay, fine. And they said it. They said no on unconditional day. So I went to another bank. And then if you've ever had to extend a unconditional date, you know, it's a bit of, bit of cost there with lawyers and stuff to negotiate that. So we got an extension, I went to another bank and they said, no, unconditional day, <laughs> same thing. So I went to the third bank uh, and, and they said, no, unconditional date, something like one o'clock in the afternoon, it had to be done by four. And Wilma had said, this is it, not giving you another extension. So you get the money or it's all over. So I was like, okay, fine. So when the bank said no, I said, well, I'm coming down. And I went into the uh, business banking office and I sat there. I was, I'm not leaving until you see me. And so, <laughs> and so they saw me. They weren't very, they were grumpy, but, you know, they saw me. And, they, and, and the guy went away, came back, and he said, fine, fine. We will do it, but we're, we're um, giving you, not giving you 25000 So it was 25000 short. And I said, oh, but I need it. They said, no, final offer. That's it. And I had like, okay, we've got about an hour before expiry of my extension. So I called Wilma and I said, can you meet me down to the place? And she did. And I said, look, here's the thing. I can do it, but I'm 25000 short. But you know what? Uh, if you leave that equity in there and um, I'll value, I'll get a valuation, I'll do some renovations, I'll get a valuation post renovations and I will do a second drawdown, pay you out and we're done if it's just if you just leave it in there for three months and I'll pay you interest. So she uh, called her lawyer. Her lawyer said, absolutely not. I called my lawyer. My lawyer said, absolutely not. It's never, it's just far too risky. <laughs> my strong advice, both both those lawyers. So uh, well, I said to Wilma, well, my, my lawyer says no. She said, well, yeah. My lawyer said no too, but you know what? That's when they got to stick together. That's what she said. And uh, so we wrote a contract, basically an, uh, an IAU on a piece of paper on the hood of my car, on the bonnet of my car. We both signed it, shook hands, and uh, that was it. I had some money I'd lent out. I got that money back. I did the renovations. The day I actually picked up the keys <clears throat> and actually confronted the house, it was so dirty. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I'm like, what have I done? Oh my God, am I going to get this? Anyway, so a lot of cleaning, a lot of scraping, lifting the carpets. There was no jib. It was just old, about 15 layers of uh, wallpaper. It had to be pulled down, jibbed, jibbed and stopped and painted and the outside painted, etc. So yeah, I managed to do it all on a, like a shoestring budget and uh, got the doors open and saw the first patient within six months. Just an absolute miracle. But I tell you what, that first day was insane. I was 
so happy because it was like this finally has come into existence and just because I said so just because of my determination and it was despite the you know people who said it couldn't be done despite the kind of grumpy people along the way just kind of kept going and staying cheerful about it and there it was it was uh so much fun because I deeply deeply believed in that clinic and its purpose and its ability by having this really unique model to help people so the um the those are the doors open there's a bit more there's of the early days that would be a story for another day but I really wanted to share that story because I've heard other people's stories of how they just you know persevered and persevered and didn't stop no matter what and got there in the end and I, and I love those stories I do love them so I thought you might enjoy that story and it might inspire other people to keep going and not giving up because it, uh, you know perseverance pays off if you uh, keep going all right thank you so much for listening and I wish you a very happy healthy day